Hello, welcome back to the season of money. In this episode, I'm excited to bring you a good friend of mine. Uh, he started a brokerage, right, five years ago when he was homeless, living out of his car and driving Uber in order to make ends meet. Literally the lowest low, right, to a place where he doesn't have to work hard to run a business that generates a ton of of money flow, right? A ton of cash flow. How did he get here? <laughs> How is this possible? This guy is younger than me, right? He's 33 and he's built a real estate empire. So we're going to go into exactly what it takes. And I was surprised to find in this interview that it's not a question of technical skill. It's really just the mindset. How does he keep himself on track? What is it that he's doing in, that allows his business to grow so aggressively? And how do I do that in an ethical way? Now, do you need to be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company in order to get value out of this? No. Do you need to be someone who's making nine figures a year? No. Um, these are all principles that will allow you to begin to build your wealth. And as you listen to this episode, I'm going to invite you to take on the same exploration that I'm taking on right now, which is, hey, I have all these ideas about what, what my money situation needs to look like. Right in my head, I need to be making a million dollars a year. Why? Why do I need to be making a million dollars a year, though? And as I break that down, I begin to realize, well, no, that's not actually what I need. <laughs> so take this episode on with a grain of salt. Not all of this stuff will apply to you. Some of it will. And keep what works for you and discard the rest. That's part of the process, as with money, as with all other things in life, dating, relationships, etc. So yeah, I'm excited to begin. And without further ado, here we go. Hey, welcome to the Great Date Guy podcast. And we're back with the season of money. And in this episode, I'm excited to introduce um, someone that I look up to a lot. Uh, this is a man who's built up a brokerage from nothing. Um, and inside of that, I, I think that he's built a business where doesn't have to be really as involved it sort of runs itself and he did that within the span of a few months um, another thing that i'm going to note about this next guest is that he's probably way too humble um anytime, anytime that i've tried to slap him with any kind of acknowledgement he sort of just dodges it and turns it around on me uh, but the guy's very successful and that's one of the reasons why i'm extremely excited to talk to him today so welcome to the show leo it's good to have you here Thanks, Rob. So there was uh, there was a lot in there that we'll, we'll clarify, and in some <laughs> of the things that you said, and I'm extremely flattered. And you know what they say: the first liar never has a chance. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come in here with some smack down some knowledge, man. Um, thank you for for having me here. When you sent the introduction, I was flattered because you're somebody that I looked up to, you know. And in some of the courses that we have done. You have been a coach. You have been somebody that I've seen many people look up to. So uh, you're somebody that I admire very much. Uh, so and, and I uh, I remember I don't know if it was because I said it and, and I'll, I will I'll actually take credit for this one. Uh, when I said you have the voice of somebody who could be a really successful podcaster uh, or like deep, deep, sexy or something like that. Like. <laughs> 
So I'm glad, man, that you, I don't know how many episodes you've done, but I'm happy to see that you're, you're, you're following through with this podcast, man. And, and I know that there's big things in this space for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I was thinking deep and sexy too. As soon as you mentioned that story, it's, it's like, it's a good nickname. So, uh, I guess you have a set of questions. I do. Yeah. Um, so, so let me get started with that. I think, I think the first is just beginning to understand, like, what do you, what do you, hmm. what does the structure of your business kind of look like from the 40,000 foot level? And then as a quick follow-up, like, how does, how does one begin to even do that in their life to manifest the thing that like, they like care about and want the most financially? Um, what do you mean by like a 40,000? Like you're talking about the structure of like the personnel, the structure of uh, like the departments or what, just so I understand more of that question. Oh yeah. Um, so let me see. Maybe in the sense of like, hey, like what you do, like how many staff you work with, like what your role kind of feels like right now and um, so something along those lines. Okay, so I kind of have to go back and and, um, and I think a lot of it is, I, I feel really weird just, I'm going to put this out there. I feel really weird only talking about me, right? And this is part of like the, I can't accept acknowledgement thing. So this is going <laughs> to be like a massive, and I've never really told my story, right? So this is this is new to me, um, and I'm gonna just say it how it is in the context of maybe somebody might be inspired or say, hey, you know what? Um, if he did it, I I can do it too. So the, just I'm gonna come from that because uh, I think that's what listeners really really would want to uh, listen to, and and another reason for them to follow you, and I'll just be a catalyst for growing your podcast. So a lot of it's gonna be my story and then kind of like why within the struggle quote unquote struggle as a story in the world of landmark um it kind of gets uh jujitsu in a way like like you know you, you use the momentum of the struggle to transform it into into a victory or, or or a dream or a desire so going back to like the business it's something that i always wanted to do so real estate, just so people know, um, I was a real estate agent, got licensed right at 18. So I never went to high school or I never went. To, I, once I graduated high school, I never went to college. So I got into real estate right away because I knew that uh, when I was 16 and I read uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, that's how far back it goes. I'm 33 now. Mm. So half of my life ago, I read this book and it talked about traditional uh, education versus non-traditional education. And what I noticed at that point is, is it opened up an inquiry in my brain as to like, oh, there's another way out there that I have been told up until this point. So then that book was just really provided two different paths for me. You know, I could go down the entrepreneurial route or I could go down the traditional college educational route. Not that one's better than the other, but for me, coming from like a C and D student, I wasn't really that type of, uh, you know, academic achiever, which I could have been looking back at it, but it just wasn't really my, my calling. So I, I saw that the best way to do that was through real estate. 
And, you know, I saw somebody that showed me a commission check and I said, well, that's the type of money that I want to make. It was like $18,000. And then from that moment on, I always saw how I could better my financial situation through this path, right? So it's been years and years and years and years of discovery and digging and really looking into what is the next best place for myself, my family, my business partners uh, to go into. And that's where we're at right now. But it's taken a while to to get to this point. Um, It's been a lot of struggle. But the structure of it is basically a discovery. There's no set way that the business looks like it has to look like. It's just kind of like, okay, well, that didn't work. This is working, so let's try more of this. And then once that doesn't work, we always move into what is working. Um, So the structure of our business right now is um, 60 agents, uh, 12 loan officers. Uh, We have an escrow department. Uh, My partner, Miguel, which you know, um, he runs the, the mortgage department and two processors, and they help the loan officers. Myself, I and and some and one staff, we manage the the real estate side. So that's what seems to have worked for us up until this point. And whenever we deal with another breakdown, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Hmm. But that's that's the overall structure. I like I like that you broke down how it's more of like an exploration, and that's something. As a, as a budding entrepreneur, the one thing that I'm noticing is how much my business is a reflection of me and where I'm stopped. And, and so much of it is like not personal growth, but like, hey, like what patterns do I get locked in? Like where am I confronted by other people or opportunities and fears? I really wasn't expecting that. I was expecting business to be more about like logistics. But so much of it is like I'm terrified of this. How do I handle it? How do I deal with my reaction? Is it similar for you? Yeah. So the the, the fear part, um, you know, it's I have been told that I have a high um, tolerance for risk, right? And and that high tolerance for risk almost negates fear. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's it's like uh, my entire life is. Uh, I wasn't supposed to make it this far based off of, you know, everybody's opinions and where I started and, you know, two immigrant parents and, you know, my mom worked at a bakery. My dad worked as a cook at Sizzlers. Um, You know, they're both retired now. So uh, they're taken care of. They have their assets that take care of them. And um, I say that only because I guess when you look at it, it's like I didn't come from nothing. I semi middle class, whatever. I didn't. Know, wake up hungry or any of that um but when you kind of look at look at the life you've always wanted and it's always so much bigger than what you have now it's always like well i could fail but i'm gonna fail forward i think that's even the, the title of a book failing forward but when you fail it's like okay you fail but you grow and then you fail but you grow and then you fail but you grow and then you fail then you keep, just keep growing so you keep failing, but you're failing continuously in a trajectory that's towards an accomplishment or an achievement that you want to have. I don't even call it a goal. Um, And then you realize that when you get, when when you fail so much, 
you know, like call it, you know, failing for a whole year or two years, you realize and you look back and say, oh, that's, I'm not even the same person anymore. I'm not even living the same life anymore. And all it was, it was built on failures. So it kind of having that, it gets rid of the fear. So what's the worst that's going to happen? I don't achieve my expectation because that's really all that it is. It's just an expectation, something that is supposed to look like. And I get to grow because of it. And if I have to start over again, I ain't starting from nothing. Now I'm starting from more experience. Mm. So I, I restarted my business three, or f- three, four, maybe even five times. And wow. each time, and each time it's like, okay, boom, 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 boom. And yeah, so that's, that's how, I think that's how pretty much anybody has done it. That's amazing. I think... And I, and I resonate with something that you were just sharing about how, hey, like this is really more about risk tolerance and continuing to show up even if I fail. Um, one of the things that I've been seeing was that like the path to expertise is I take the risks that no one else is willing to take. And I continue to take them until I've left behind the entire crowd and it's just me and like two or three other people and like a, a grassy field where like wondering where everyone else is. Like I've gone so deep into the risk, gone so deep into these other experiences that now my reality is completely different from other people's reality. It sounds like what you've done is not the same, but like very, very similar. Like I think that sort of lines up. Does it feel similar to you? Um, I, I, I've been a, not accused. I, I, I think of myself as almost selfish because the... I've lost friendships. I've lost, you know, acquaintances. Um, and uh, in the beginning, it was hard because, you know, it's like, well, we're all supposed to become successful together and, you know, do this thing together and, and, and all these other things. Uh, and then what I realized is, is that, you know what? Some people just don't want it. And that's okay. I can't make them wrong for not wanting it. Uh, most recently, we had a I, I, it wasn't even a fallout. It was just one of those things where somebody that I was really close to, we were doing some stuff together. We, you know, we did well on, on, on the project, on the, on the business that, and the partnership that we did. And then it was like, we had these plans of moving forward and it's somebody that you, I really connected with. Um, but then outside of that context, there was really nothing else holding that relationship together. So at that point, the, um, the synergy wasn't there anymore. And as much as you like the person or what we call, you know, landmark attachment, sometimes we're more attached to the person or the way that it's supposed to look like, as opposed to actually what we, what we really want for ourselves. So I got okay with maybe not having the type of relationship with people that I want to have in, in, in the pursuit of, you know, being able to provide for my family. Cause my overall, my overall goal is to leave a legacy for my kids. That's like a dynasty. And you said the word empire. I've used that word as well. So um, can't make it wrong and feel guilty for pursuing what I want to pursue. Hmm. I think this is an interesting point and one that I, I haven't had to deal with because I, th- I think I'm still very much in the phase where it's like, I don't want to have to trust or rely on other people. So I've got a very small business. It's still very me centric. The other thing I was doing before that is investment. 
So what you're speaking to sounds important. Like you can't be attached to the way you want your business relationships to look. Mm. Would you say more about that? Um, I, I think expectations period are the, see, so some people make goals, right? And, and I've been just as guilty as anyone. Some people make goals, but it, it's not really a goal. Mm. It's, 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 it's an expectation, right? So I expect that in, you know, for instance, you know, I've heard people say, I got a quarter million dollar a year goal. I'm going to make a quarter million this year. And that's their goal. And then they make this plan and then they listen to the gurus and then they do all this. And then they, you know, they go and, and then when they put it down on paper, it's like, well, that's not really, you know, uh, uh, the word goal to me is just another word for an expectation. Mm. Right. So when you have this expectation of you accomplishing that goal, let's call it a million dollars, making a million dollars a year. And then you break it down into, you know, that means that's 82,000 or whatever, 83,000 a month. And then that's this much a week. And, and then you create this plan from A to Z. But the moment that you fail to meet one of those expectations, your goal just goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so, so then you're not really committed to your, to your goal, right? Because you're, creating a false expectation for what that's supposed to look like and what it does is it sets people up for failure because what it does is the moment that you don't meet any one of those expectations of what it's supposed to look like then guess what you become disempowered and woe is me and i'm not going to hit it and i'm a you know this isn't meant for me maybe i should go do something else so this is what i meant by the jujitsu right so instead of creating an expectation for a, a, a dollar amount why don't we create something different? Like uh, for me, what I did was, and, and this is why possibility is huge, right? I, I actually, this is kind of one that I developed in the last, during the pandemic. Mm. So I created this goal to have a hundred agents on our roster by the end of this year. And then towards the end of that, this is when I was talking earlier about the, the two months of like racketing and like disempowered and like, you know, uh, like I feel vulnerable and like that whole thing. And then you get this moment, I got this moment of gratitude. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I haven't been who I said I wanted to be, mm-hmm. what my life was about. So I was so attached to hitting this goal, 100, 100 agents, 100 agents, 100 agents, 100 agents, that I actually stopped contributing and loving on the ones that we had. Hmm. Right. And then I realized like, man, like I was so attached to this expectation of what this is supposed to look like that I got started getting upset when my time was being taken off of the, like you're taking away my time from accomplishing my goal. Hmm. Right. And then that's when I realized like, wow, what I'm really after is not a hundred agents. What I'm really after is the lifestyle that I thought that that would have provided me. That's what I'm really after. Hmm. If I can get that with what I already have, then you transform, you know, like the drivenness, the, you know, the, the, the get out of my way attitude with like, Oh, let me just love on these. people, And you're, and then you're thankful for them. Now they're no longer taking your time. 
So you, I replace that with, with, with gratitude. Um, and I think that when somebody's talking about goals, I've heard, and it sounds so cliche, who do you have to be? Who do you have to become? Who do you have to serve to accomplish that goal? Because that million dollars a year will, it's providing something. So you're not really after the million dollars. You're after that something. Mm -hmm. Why don't we make the something the goal, not the million dollars? Yeah. And that and that creates the the, the commitment behind it. Hmm. I think this is such an important conversation to be having because I, I think it's very easy to get lost in the, in the in the money game in the sense that like, hey, if I reach six figures a year, if I reach seven figures, eight figures a year. Now then, then I'll actually be happy. And what you're pointing to, something that I've stumbled into recently as well, is just like, hey, there's a reason why I want this much money. And for me, it's like, I want to feel like I'm accomplished. I want to feel like I've created something for myself. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and noticing too, it's like, hey, I can create that feeling of accomplishment for myself. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to do any of this. What I'm up to right now is just kind of a game. But like, the the amount of importance that I attach to it when I'm not aware of that fact that like, hey, this money thing, I'm treating it as a proxy for something else, is is painful. The other thing that you pointed to that I thought was really important was like. Um, let me see if I have an example here. Like since this like, the pandemic, I'm I'm dating and I'm doing it from a distance. So like, there's a piece of like, I really want to be deeply connected with folks, and it's not always possible. People got stuff going on, things are on fire, and when I do get a call from someone, it's like, oh, what I really wish was like, hey, I could be like hanging out with this person, or they had an evening together where like. Oh, they've been socially distanced for two weeks so that we can do it. And and that that sense that like, hey, I had this goal, this thing, this agenda thing that I didn't meet robs me of my ability to really appreciate that what I do have is like this person that's willing to connect with me, even though times are crazy. And I love that you brought that up. Um, I think the final thing that I wanted to reflect on was I, I am seeing how so much of business building and lifestyle building and, and what you're up to is like, I think, I think what you're up to is almost like, um, how do I manage my state, my emotions, what I believe about me and my business? Like, how do I keep myself in a position where it's not that I'm hitting goals. It's more that I'm like functionally optimally or functioning optimally and aligned with that possibility that I really believe in. Is that similar or different from how you feel you're operating? Yeah, and and there's there's a lot of things. Um, so, I people say like, how do you define success? I, I think the best definition of success, Rob, is is the constant feeling of achievement. Mm. That's how you define success: is the constant feeling of achievement, and we get attached to how that feeling is going to be brought, it's going to be generated inside of us. So for a lot of people, that constant feeling of achievement can be a new car, could be a new house, be a bigger house, be a nicer car, be more money in the bank, could be, you know, your spouse loves you. It could be, you know, time with your kids. It could be a bigger business. I mean, 
we can use anything for that that to, to generate that feeling with inside of us. But I think as humans, we're constantly after that feeling of achievement, that feeling of like appreciation or that feeling of like I'm doing something, right? And so I think fundamentally, when people think about success, I think they're starting off on the wrong foot because it's not going to be the thing or the item or the or that place and time that's going to, once you get there, you're, it's all in, said and done because that's how we, that's our expectation. Once I get here, then I'm done, right? Then I'm going to feel successful. And then no, it's like, you want something else, right? So just get rid of all the expectations, get rid of all, you know, like you said, you can generate that feeling with, with anything. So I'm going to take that point and I'm going to just set it up over here right now. I'm going to bring up something that uh, from Werner, right? Mm. Uh, and, and there's a YouTube video. I can't even find it. There's so much stuff out there on him right now. And he said that, and Bruce Lee even said this. I don't know if people like know that Bruce Lee and Werner actually like agree on, on a lot of things. Huh. And, and Bruce Lee talked about flow state, hmm. right? So flow state, I'm sure you think you and I have even talked about flow state maybe. Yeah. So flow state is when you're not even thinking, you're just doing, you know, and everything's just working out and, 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 you know, everything's falling in line and you're just kind of like, yeah, you're just rolling with it. Right. And then Werner talks about something similar. And he said that our, our most, or, or I, don't, I don't even know the word he used, but basically he, he mentioned that when we're feeling more accomplished in life and when things are working, we're not even present to it. We're not even present to that things are working out and things are just happening. It's only in the moment when we get present, like, oh, and then it's like, oh, how did I do all that? So, so in our best time, that's what he said, our best times in life, we're not even present. We're not mm -hmm. even present that we're doing it. Bruce Lee calls that flow state. Things are just working out. It's just like, you don't need to try. Everything's just happening. And I think that the moment there's this expectation put in there, it stops. It robs us of our flow state. It robs us of our possibility. And for me, it was two, like I said, I keep referring to two months ago. So two months ago, I got present that like, I think what it was is I was looking at the roster on the Department of Real Estate. And I looked, I looked down and I remember when I first started the company, it was like, I wanted to have a roster of 30. But what I really wanted was I wanted to provide love, compassion and contribution to an industry in an area the word love, compassion and contribution wasn't even present. Mm. But what I was is I focus so much on love, compassion, and contribution that I didn't focus on the numbers. Forward six months later, I get present to like, oh, what do we have? So I just decide to, you know, to log on the computer and, and you know, see who's, who's on the roster. I'm like, 50 something. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, if we hit 50 something and we can do a hundred. And in that moment, when I created that expectation, I robbed myself of the possibility. And then I became present to that I wasn't present, which robbed me of my flow state. Hmm. And then it wasn't about the possibility anymore, the way of being. It was about the goal or the expectation. So now I can check myself. You know, it's like, which one am I? It's like a different level of like a heightened level of possibility, I, like a different level of how I understood 
possibility to be, but then it could also be described as flow state. You're not even present, that you're not present. Yeah, this is this is so important. And and for those of you who are listening right now who are like, what is possibility? Um, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a quick actually, yeah, let me ask you, how would how would you define possibility? As a way of being. You know, as as a way of being, um, we can choose, we can choose who we get to be. You know, so who I get to be right now for you, Rob, is uh, is contributing, is, is the possibility of contribution, contributing to you, contributing to your listeners. Who you get to be for me is the possibility of, of empowering, because this is empowering for me. So this is, this is uh, our possibilities are talking to each other right now. I could, I, well, you could switch to angry, I could switch to curious, you could switch to happy, I could switch to thankful, I could switch to angry at any moment. So possibility is a choice in who we get to be in life. And we only have that possibility when other people are present. Hmm. I love that definition. I feel like for me, the, it's similar to... I. I've begun thinking of possibility as like kind of the North Star by which I orient. It's like the emotional space. It's like who I get to be or how I get to feel. Uh, and I, I look for experiences that allow me to feel that way. So for so much of the recent journey, it's been like, how do I create more certainty? How do I be the possibility of certainty? And it was, well, um, because when I saw when I was certain, I, I saw that other people were on board with what I was up to. I also felt like better. And in looking into that, it was like, well, I'll just take care of my sleep and my working out and my habits. And then I also saw that like, hey, there's a level of, I need to be okay with uncertainty. But that entire journey only started because it's like, hey, this is the emotion state. This is the body state that I wanna be in. And that's that's how I relate to possibility personally. So it's it's so interesting hearing how how it's defined and, and and seeing what a big role it's played in your life. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really been everything. You know, it, it's really been everything. And, and, and in the beginning, it was, you know, of course, I, I attribute 80% of my success to Landmark. You know, I had I had a good foundation on which to stand on, but that that's what really just took me, you know, to, to several levels above where I ever thought I could be. Um, and in the, in the advanced courses, you know, you know, you, you define yourself as who you get to be the possibility of, um, just as just as you're saying right now. Um, and then something that that I saw when you get involved in so many people, you have so many people in your life. You almost get to a chance to you get a chance to see their life. And and, and you get to define what's missing. Right. So what is the possibility that's missing here not for me for them so what do they need right now and that was patty i go back to patty patty said something i think one of the coaches meetings and she said you have to allow yourself to be gotten by what they're going through like you have to allow yourself to be gotten by them so i was really thrown back because i never really saw possibility is that like not not what's me not what's missing in me that I want, what's missing in them that they want. And I'll give you an example. Last Wednesday, we had a meeting up in the Victorville office and 
there was four people there and obviously, you know, not a lot of people were showing up because of social distancing and all of that. So we had, you know, four ladies show up and I could just see the look on their face. And I had an agenda. I mean, I had a structure. I had an agenda. This is what we're going to talk about. So that I saw them come in, I started interacting with them. And then when they came in, um, I could just see the look on their face. You know, you, you know, the look, somebody comes in, you got something going on, right? There's something going on. So they, they, they showed up and sat down. Um, and I just started the meeting with not like anything other than what are you guys going through right now? You know, like what, 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 what's happening right now in your lives? You know, one, or one person had their, their father-in-law passed away from COVID in um, uh, one of those Middle Eastern countries. Um, I forget the name of it, Lebanon. So father passed away from COVID in Lebanon. Son is in the hospital with an autoimmune disease. You know, so somebody else, you know, everybody had stuff going on. So they're coming to this real estate meeting with all of this stuff. And here I am about to like unload on them with like real estate stuff. And it's just like, mm, I, I don't think we're going to connect here. Right. And I don't think that even if I give them whatever I give them, it's not going to land. So what we did was, is we talked about what they were going through. And then after the conversation, we, well, I pretty much came to this conclusion that what's missing here is compassion boldness and confidence. So compassion in the context that they need compassion for what they're going through and boldness and confidence in their outlook for what they want their business to look like. So what I had my talk, we still talked about what we were going to talk about, but we talked about it in the context of how are you going to be bold and how are you going to be confident in your business? Because that's what's missing. And I'll never forget um, they all, at the end of the meeting, they said, thank you so much for doing it this way. We've never had, they all came from different brokerages and they're all fairly new. They said, we, we've never had anybody speak to us this way. We've never had anybody be as interested in what we are, um, in, like basically in our lives and our business. And I can't believe that you started a company in an office in the middle of a pandemic but we are so glad and thankful that you did. Mm. And in that moment, there was absolutely no question that there was a connection made. And, and it's like, that's where it was like the secret to business. That's the, one, the secret to business. It's not even business. It's people. And it's what we get to be for those people, the service, the product, so whatever it is that we're offering, it's just secondary to who we get to be for them and who they get to be for us. That's it. That's business in general. Ooh. Powerful. That was powerful. Secrets of business is people. Yeah. The only the, the only reason we're in business is, is people. Our business doesn't exist without people. Yeah. And I think it's, I think that this is so important because it's really easy to get caught up in what we should be doing, like what all the gurus and experts are saying in terms of like, oh, well, you should be doing like Facebook ads and running a Facebook group, starting a TikTok 
and you should be uh, creating a lead magnet in a funnel. You should be learning how to objection handle and reading a thousand books a year. And yeah, you can do those things. But as you're saying, ultimately, this this is about human connection and who I deal with is humans. And I, I love that what you're what you're looking at is how do I specifically provide this human with the possibility that they feel that they're missing. Um, I, I've noticed that during sales calls or what, what, what I'd label as sales calls are actually just conversations. The possibility that I'm looking to create for folks is safety and inspiration. I want them to feel safe in their decision. I want them to feel inspired. But in listening to you, it's like I'm just kind of assuming what they want. And what would really make sense is to like take a more custom approach. Maybe that's not what they need. Maybe they need boldness. Maybe they need bravery or love or whatever it looks like. But there's always room to get deeper into their experience. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and, and, and that's awesome. And, and I think that operating under that, um, you mentioned the word, you know, you should have a TikTok, you should have an Instagram, you should have this. I got rid of all that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't post on social media anymore. Um, I think that the whole... Thing of like TikTok and Instagram and all this is providing an extremely, um, it's not, the word is not artificial, but um, how can I say, uh, like fake. You know, it's, it, 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 it's fake, you know, it's like flexing on people. Mm. It's like, like, if you really want to inspire others, like, yeah, let's make them feel like shit because I drive a Lamborghini and you don't. What's <laughs> up, <laughs> so, Ty Lopez? How you doing, brother? <laughs> Hope you're listening. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it worked for him, right? Yeah. But I've noticed that for me, my biggest sources of inspiration haven't been from the guy that said, "Hey, I did it. You can do it too." It's been when I look at somebody, and in my internal dialogue, the dialogue that we don't hear is, "Oh, he did it. I can do it too." Hmm. Hmm. You know, so I, you know, I, I dress like this. I don't go around flashing. I don't have a watches. I don't have any of that because I want somebody to look at me and say, hey, he did it. Look at how he's dressed. He's in sweatpants and sneakers and a hat. If he did it, I can do it. I think that's a bigger source of inspiration. And we, we don't know. Like, I don't know if I inspired somebody. But I know that rolling around and flexing and saying, you know, I, yeah, I drive a Ferrari or whatever. I live in a million dollar house. I did it. You can do it, too. I ain't going to do nothing for that person. So there's like inspiration through humbleness. Yeah. You know, I think that's what really makes a difference in the world. Not inspiration through flexing and social media and, and all of that. It's a fake world. Yeah, I, I really like this point. Um, and I, I relate that humbleness to vulnerability in a lot of ways. Like, I think the reason why it works when I hear someone's story and they're very vulnerable about their story is because when I see them in their darkest hour and when they're suffering and they're just kind of barely scraping by and I look at their lives and what they built as a result of the ashes that they were in before, it's like that same sense of like, hey, that was terrible and they got through it. And if they did it, maybe maybe that's available for me too. Um, so it's really cool hearing this. 
I guess I see that we're kind of getting closer to time. So there's one more question that I have for you before we begin to wrap. Yeah, man. Yeah. And the, the question is, what do you think separates successful businesses from businesses that fail, you know, like the 98% that failed in the first two years? Uh, they're not focused enough on the experience of their audience, customer. Uh, so like, you know, Jeff Bezos actually has the, the, the best answer to that question because that that's solely what he, I mean, you, you go back to his, and I encourage everyone listening or watching that um, go back and just listen to Jeff Bezos's, um, uh like interviews early on, you know, and he talks about what he wanted to create. Um, you know, as the, you know, customer experience is number one, you know, and how, how is somebody going to recommend Amazon, you know, and, and we know everybody right now is ordering. I mean, they just, they, they rule the world pretty much. Um, but then the other thing outside of that customer experience, number one, definitely. And then the other thing is, is that um, he was humble enough to, you know, just to fit in wherever, you know, uh, wherever he, he fit in, you know, this, this put me in coach mentality. You know, if you want me to play quarterback, I'll play quarterback. If you want me to play running back, if you need me to clean the benches, if you need me to get the water, like um, like that type of attitude. And one of the things that, that Jeff said in one of his uh, early interviews was that he would he was packaging his own books. He was driving them to the post office. He was working at his own warehouse when it was just him and somebody else, like two people. And then it was like... <laughs> Then I think about it, I was like, well, yeah, in the office, I'm the janitor, I'm the this, I'm the that, and eventually grow it to where you can hire people. But somebody, you know, a real entrepreneur will always maintain that, that humbleness. And we're just willing to do whatever needs to get done. Um, shit, Rob, five years ago, I don't know if I can say those words, but five years ago, uh, my business partner, Miguel, and I were driving Uber. You know, we, we, were, we were driving Uber. You know, here he is a real estate broker. Here I am, successful real estate agent, have made hundreds of thousands of dollars in commissions, did some stupid decisions, let our rackets run our world. And, 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 you know, we had to drive Uber, not because we wanted to, because we needed to, you know, mm -hmm. sleeping in my car in LA because um, I'm two hours away from home, you know, and, and, and never, uh, I enjoyed every minute of it, you know, because it wasn't ever about like, like, yeah, we're, I was, you know, I drive around for $60 a day. And um, it's funny, we just talked about this the other day and he was like, um, he was like, yeah, like six, five years ago, we were driving Uber, now we're flipping homes. So, hmm. you know, what separates successful businesses or entrepreneurs is just the attitude of like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm committed and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes because there's something missing in my marketplace and I'm the only one that can fill that void. Nobody else can fill that void. I'm, I'm, I'm it baby. And if, if I don't do it, it ain't get, it ain't getting done. And that's what mm -hmm. creates a drive. Killer. Absolutely killer. I like too, that there's this distinction between what you're up to. And I think like that whole fake it till you make it mentality. Or like, hey, I can force myself to be positive. I can force myself to not say negative things about my life. And I think that that's, I think that's kind of like a false lead. It's like, it's a dead end in a lot of ways. And I notice, I think, I think what I notice in your life is that like, there's this sense of how do I find 
the emotion state that I want? Do I want to be inspired? Well, what about my life is inspiring to me right now? What about my goal is inspiring to me right now? And if I don't have that, how do I create that? And how do I live into it? How am I doing everything possible to make sure that that comes to fruition without being, without griping about it, without treating it like it's beneath me? Um, you just have to, I heard somebody say embrace the suck. And, and I think that's, that's kind of the, the, the best way to do it is you just have to be really, you know, and it's, and it's that drive, Rob, like people have, people need to have like that. What's missing. Um, we got kicked out of a place we were renting during my Uber days, um, by our own in-laws during Christmas time. Oh, Oh, <laughs> we were because we were because we were three four months behind on rent and uh, the property manager they had hired I been given her cash so the accounting was a little off I mean we were behind but it was a little off and uh, you know at that point um, it was a major wake up call we got you know here I am newborn baby girl she's five today uh, brand new newborn baby girl um, two year old son I'm about to turn two and living in a place you know, being rented out by family because we couldn't get anywhere else and uh, getting kicked out during Christmas time by your own family. Uh, that was like a the wake up call wasn't even and it wasn't even a swift kick in the ass. It was like a gut wrenching, like reality check, of like what you're doing is not working. And it's kind of like, well, this is never going to happen again. And and not and I made it wrong for a long time. But it's not going to happen again because I'm going to change enough people's lives that my life is going to change. Mm. So not like from a motivation from anger, but motivation from like, I remember that and that sucked. So I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen and I'm going to do it by loving on people. Mm. So um, I think when you can do that, you, you can, you can be successful in anything, which by the way, these same in-laws, uh, they just sold, 30 units for $7 million and saw what we were doing with our real estate company and our flips. Um, they, we have a great relationship with them. Now everything's, you know, forgiven and, and all of that. And now they want to partner with us on flips. So talk about, you know, transformation. Whoa. Five years later. Yeah. That's remarkable. And I mean, as, as I look back on your journey, what I, and I'm piecing the pieces together, I'm hearing that you started, early like right right out of high school you started this journey and five years ago you were in a position where you were like sleeping in your car in la you were driving uber you'd like been kicked out by your in-laws you had a, a newborn baby girl and yeah. and i i imagine that that must have been very very hard and it's it's remarkable seeing what you've built out of that in such a short amount of time you know, you're managing a brokerage with 60 agents and more like and more like there's there's so much more. I feel like if we talked for like another 20 minutes, it would be revealed how ridiculous the vision that you've created for yourself and the people in your life is. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. And for those of you who are sorry, for those listeners who want to connect with you, uh, who are inspired by you or just want to have a conversation or do business with you. How would they reach you? Um, I appreciate that, Rob. I try to keep my life private mm. as much as possible. Um, but, you know, they can follow me on Instagram, uh, the real Leo G, um, the underscore real underscore Leo underscore G. So it's just the real Leo G separated by underscores. 
Um, my profile is private. Like I said, I don't believe in flexing or any of that. Um, but, you know, if it helps somebody, you know, listening to this or anything, then, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to to provide some insight or some coaching or whatever it is that, that, that they may need, um, aside from the awesome coaching that you already provide. That feels good to receive. I appreciate <laughs> that, man. Um, and that's, that's very generous of you. I thank you for being on. It's from the goodness of your heart and wanting to provide value and transform lives. It's been a, a really great conversation and would love to have you on another time. Good, Rob. Thank you, man. Hey, thanks for listening all the way through. Um, and I'm going to apologize about the sound quality. Zoom updated itself and then updated some of the settings so it wasn't getting pickups from my normal microphone. So my voice was a little bit choppy there. Um, in either case, thanks for listening all the way through. Thanks for being here and being a part of the Great Date Guy podcast community. Um, we've kind of come a long way and the fact that you're tuning in means a lot to me if you got something out of the episode i'd love it if you rated us or subscribed um every little bit of interaction helps tremendously and as always we'll catch you next thursday 8 a.m pacific time peace